welcome back. Thanks for joining me for another video. If you're new to my channel, my name is Stephanie. I'm a life and relationship coach. This week, we're going to talk about daddy issues. So ladies, get that notepad out because <laughs> we're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about the signs of daddy issues, um, really how they form and what you can do to actually heal. Here is the really important thing with the daddy issue. Number one, that doesn't mean that in order to have a daddy issue that dad had to have pieced out. Dad could have came home every night at five o'clock. He could have actually been there. So the daddy issue really has to do with abandonment and a lack of trust. So when you didn't get those two things, you know, the, the ability to not have been seen by dad, because think about it, dad, when we typically think of mom and dad, we, we think of mom being the emotional, the nurturer, the caregiver, um, everything's gonna be okay, warm and fuzzy, self-soothing, like all that type of stuff. Dad, and it doesn't have to necessarily be this way, but dad, we tend to think of as the protector. He's the one that's going to see us, that's going to honor us, that's going to take care of us, that's going to make sure that no one harms us. So, um, but dad has to also see us. So maybe dad did protect you in the sense that he went to work every day, he made, all the money and maybe mom stood home. Traditionally, that's what has always happened, not in this day and age. You know, now moms are going to work full time and dads are staying home. But the point is, is that for a little girl, she needs her mom and she also needs her dad. We're not talking about little boys yet. For little girls, the daddy issue is either dad was never around. And so I don't know what it's like to have a male figure in my life that really sees me, that really values me, that really understands me, that wants to get to know me, that wants to protect me, that doesn't want me to experience any harm. The daddy issue is really about making sure that you had a strong male figure in your life that could cry, that you could cry in front of, that you could feel in front of. And he would do every, he could be both. He could be both gentle and sit there and paint your nails with you or take you out to go get a prom dress or, you know, go watch your soccer game and do all of those things of balancing his masculine energy with the feminine, kind, loving energy that both men and women do have. So that's why I said in the beginning, when we typically think of mom, we think of the nurturer um, and dad, we think of like all logic, but dad also needs to show his emotional side and be able to emotionally connect with his children. And mom needs to not be so emotional and also be more logical as well. So both parents have to balance their energies. And if dad physically is not around, guess what, we can't do that. And when the dad is physically not around, there's a huge abandonment that's there and there's a huge void as to why aren't you here? And I think a lot of little girls go through the phase of just not feeling good enough, not feeling good enough to go to the soccer game, not feeling good enough to take a day off of work and spend the day with me, not feeling good enough to know anything about me or my friends or who I am, what's my favorite color, like not, not being curious to put your own self aside and put me as the child first. So you can show me through words of affirmation, through physical touch, through, you know, anything that shows love that I matter. And so when you don't get that, the I'm not enough story starts to play. 
And the reason why the I'm not enough story starts to begin with is because all children don't really have logic. Actually, they don't have logic until about the age of eight or nine, but by then the wound is already there. So even though now we become logical and we start to understand why dad is the way he is or why he left or why he's not emotionally available or whatever that looks like, the wound of still not feeling good enough is already sitting inside of you. So, and the child at eight, nine, 10 years old, whatever, doesn't know what to do with that wound. They don't know how to heal that stuff. And most likely the parents don't even know what to do because they're still trying to heal as well from maybe dad leaving or not being emotionally available or whatever that looks like. So it's really important to understand that because the child really didn't have any logic, they weren't able to really objectively see the situation for what it is, which is dad's never going to be capable of giving me what I want. And just because we can objectively or logically understand that doesn't mean that it always, the heart feels what the heart feels. And so there has to be a balance between understanding something and accepting it versus also letting myself grieve with the disappointment that you are not who I actually wanted you to be. So now on the flip side, if dad actually lived in the household with you and he was home every day at five o'clock, maybe on some levels he completely checked out. Maybe he was emotionally not available for you. Maybe you always walked on eggshells. Maybe he was narcissistic and mom was codependent. Maybe mom was narcissistic and he was codependent. And so there was sometimes an inability for you to be able to connect with him. Maybe he wasn't able to really stand up for you. Maybe he wasn't able to really protect you. There was something that he was lacking, which then caused the wound inside of yourself. So both women, whether or both little girls, whether dad was there or not there, are both going to experience some sense of that daddy issue, whether it is trusting in other people, especially men, or fearing abandonment, especially in men. But really, when you have a trust issue or you have an abandonment issue, it doesn't just go to the romantic partner. It's going to go to everyone. It's gonna to go to new friends. It's going to go to thinking that people are just going to leave when times get tough because the back of the mind still has that story of, I'm not good enough for you to stay. I'm not good enough for you to work hard. And when you go about your entire life and then you come into experiences with new people, new partners, new friends or whatever, and they prove through them disappointing or through them betraying you as well, look, people can't be trusted. Look, people actually do do this. Um, it kind of reinforces that wound. There's one thing that I just wanna make really clear is that people disappoint. And so as a grown adult now, not operating from the little girl, and I think that's where the problem really is, is that most people operate from their inner child. They operate from that part of themselves that's wounded or the ego, they, they operate from those parts versus operating from now my adult self. And again, the, the parts of you that are going to hurt are going to be that inner child, are going to be in that heart space, right? Where you were wounded, um, are going to be even sometimes the ego gets bruised, but your adult self is always going to be able to see things and be able to help you through it, whether that's through acceptance, self-soothing, 
etc. So it's about mental health is really about operating more from your adult self versus your inner child. So as a grown adult, a grown woman, we understand that, yep, dad abandoned me. Yep, there might be some fears there, but then I need to be super self-aware as to what my triggers are when I do get triggered from what happened to me previously, from what dad did, um, and that kind of hole that he left inside of me. I now have to take responsibility for that hole and I can't keep blaming dad. I have to kind of own that. That's inside of me and it's my responsibility to take control of it when it actually comes up and shows up in my life rather than me pointing the finger at everyone else and wanting everyone else to change or cater to my insecurities or fears and kind of be a big girl and put on those big girl pants and really handle that stuff. And really that is why I created my nine week course was to say, okay, we have to have some tools out there that not only allow us to understand where are our wounds, like what wounds do you even have? Because guess what? Everyone's got them. No one gets away scot-free. Um, where, where are your wounds? What are they? What are your emotional triggers? Meaning your triggers are essentially how your wounds show up in the world. So knowing those two things are a key part of being able to acknowledge them and heal them. And so if you're interested, I'll actually link it up here um, for you to start taking that course right now. So today I want to talk about teeth and specifically keeping mine super bright. If you're like me, you're confused by all the variation of teeth whitening products on the market. Since taking Smile Brilliant on as a sponsor, I've learned a few things that you may find helpful, such as the LED lights are a novelty item, strips neglect the gum lines and molars, the charcoal is abrasive and wears down the enamel, and the whitening toothpaste only works on surface stains. So what the heck works? The number one product recommended by dentists is the custom fitted trays. They are, however, very, very costly as it requires the dentist to make them by hand using a model of your teeth. With Smile Brilliance Lab Direct Process, you can have custom fitted teeth whitening trays at a fraction of the price without a single visit to the dentist. Yes, please. Using an exact model of your teeth, Smile Brilliance Lab Technicians will handcraft your trays to ensure the best possible results. Simply order the system at smilebrilliant.com using the coupon code THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E, for 30% off. Make your dental impressions at home and then return them to Smile Brilliant using the prepaid envelope provided. In a matter of a week, Smile Brilliant will have your trays mailed back. So let's get into the signs of someone who definitely has daddy issues. Okay, so we all know abandonment. We just talked about that. So there's going to be a sense of fear that people are going to leave you. And you might become so fearful that then you become very suspicious or very jealous about what the other person is doing, what they're on the, who they're on the phone with. Um, who are they going to be with? What's going to happen at that event when they actually go and, and you're not near them? So you're so fearful of someone leaving that sometimes you actually end up suffocating the person. And this is where you begin to kind of self-sabotage yourself. So when you're coming from really those deep inner kind of childhood wounds, that daddy issue really, you become very clingy. You want to always be with your partner. You don't trust them not being with you. You need to know what they're doing at all times and who they're with and you're always checking in on them. You don't feel secure 
not being around them. This could also be indicative of just quite frankly, being with someone who's not right for you. It could be indicative of you intuitively feeling like you need to be around this person because they're shady or they're unhealthy. So it's really important to understand when you do get triggered, is this a real trigger that you need to own or is this actually just your intuition talking and telling you this person is not right for me? Another really big sign of someone with a daddy issue is the feeling that um, you're the only one that really makes the big effort in the relationship. If you feel like you love more than the other person, again, all of these things, make sure you're objective when you're asking yourself these questions, but because it could be just you're with the wrong person, um, but a big part is you feel like no one really loves in the way that you love where it's no one can really live up to these expectations. And again, is it because you have the bar high and someone can, can't meet that? Or is it because you're craving so much from this person and you're craving things that quite frankly, you should be giving yourself? The other thing is you take things really personally. So when someone doesn't call, when, when someone cancels plans, when someone doesn't do exactly what you want them to do, when you want them to do it, you become very reactive. You immediately go to a place of like, oh my God, they're gonna leave. Oh my God, this they probably don't even like me. Oh my God, they're probably gonna break up with me. Like So that kind of instability, not even instability, I shouldn't say that, but that just normalcy of a relationship, that's probably the better word, is indicative of you not feeling good enough, that you're not good enough for someone to stay. And then the minute someone cancels plans, doesn't call you back, whatever, you immediately go to worst case scenario because you're so fearful of someone leaving. I would say not all women that have a daddy issue are going to experience this, but a lot of them do. And it is the fear of being cheated on um, because if you really have a lot of abandonment issues, then, and especially if you've been cheated on in the past, and especially if you haven't healed any of those wounds, then yeah, you're gonna go into relationships wondering who's he texting or what is he doing? And when you become so nervous and scared and suspicious by not being around this person, your mind is immediately going to go, not necessarily to someone just abandoning you, but someone leaving you or cheating on you or betraying the trust um, because you don't really trust people. And that's another clear sign is your inability to trust others. I think another one that's really huge is vulnerability. A lot of people that fear abandonment are not comfortable with being vulnerable because if I expose myself, there's always a fear of like, am I too much? You know what I mean? Like if I tell you and I show you like everything that's going on inside, are you gonna leave? Are you gonna be able to rise up to the occasion? And when you've had experiences after experiences where I've tried to like be me and I've tried to expose myself and people just left or they bailed, you're going to have a fear of doing it again in fear that the same thing will happen again. So sometimes it's indicative of the stories that we tell ourselves based on those, those early relationships and sometimes it's indicative of the experiences that I've been in throughout the course of my adult life that have shown me actually when I do become vulnerable, people disappoint me. And a lot of that has to do with two things. Disappointment is one of two things. Number one, everyone is going to disappoint you. People are gonna disappoint you. It's a part of life, but that doesn't mean that you stay, but I think the biggest thing is when you do experience disappointment, making sure that you understand that you'll be okay 
and that you don't put so much pressure on every single person in your life to be everything that you want them to be because not everyone is actually capable of doing that. And so understanding what it what is it that I really need from this person and then accepting what it is that they can't actually do. So everyone in your life right now is not able to give you everything that you need. You know that. And so you've accepted their kind of limitations based on who they are. And then it's not their job to actually give you everything that you actually need. So that's number one. And that's kind of like your ability to know your standards and what you expect in relationships. So the people that can't give you in your life right now that are not able to check off every single box, chances are that they check off enough of the really big boxes that when they don't check off that little box, that's okay. But only you get to determine what those boxes are, what's inside of them, meeting your standards, and whether or not they're deal breakers for you. Another huge sign of abandonment and trust issues and daddy issues is that fear of being alone. So you either go in one of two places, either a woman is gonna say, I love being alone, I'm independent, I don't need anyone, which is a fear of being vulnerable and letting someone in, or she's going to go in the opposite direction, which is uber needy, doesn't like to be alone, always needs to be around other people because both of them fear um, really doing the inner work to kind of take care of themselves. So I need to make sure that I check that story if I'm so independent and I don't like being vulnerable or asking people for help or letting people, you know, letting, giving myself permission to lean on people. If I fear that so much, then I have to kind of talk myself off the ledge and let myself be vulnerable. And that if I fall and someone disappoints, then I know how to pick myself back up and I don't fear intimacy. And on the flip side, if I'm so needy and don't like to be alone, I have to learn how to stand on my own two feet and not expect everyone to do everything for me because no one can. That's like one of the biggest things. No one can. And it's not their job to be everything for you because you're a grown up now. And the last thing that I think is really indicative, especially of codependency, is just that need of that validation. I need you to see me. I need you to love me. I need you to validate me. I need you to give me something that I'm really craving inside right now. And when you haven't healed that issue and you don't have a good sense of self and that self-worth piece isn't there, you don't know how to be your own best friend, you don't know how to kind of regulate all the fears or insecurities that are going on inside of here, yeah, you're going to look for other people to kind of be everything because you don't know how to do it for yourself because no one gave you the tools to do it for yourself. And something that I just wanna make sure there's exclamation points everywhere is so often people will say to me, well, I didn't have this, so that's why I don't know how to do it for myself. But I also coach and talk to thousands of thousands of people that they felt like they really did get everything that they needed growing up and dad was there and dad did see me and they still have the same problems as you. So the fact of the matter is, yes, of course, maybe those people will have a little bit better of a foundation because they had a really good mirror growing up. But one of the things with parenthood is not just our ability to give it to the child, but we also have to teach the child then how to do it for themselves. And most parents, even though they come from a great loving place and they might give their, ch their children a lot of what they need emotionally and mentally, they're not able to teach them then how to switch it and then do it for themselves. So I hope this gives you a little insight as to kind of like what are the signs if you are someone that might be struggling with your with daddy issues, but also really how to start 
healing and acknowledging those triggers inside of you. So I hope you have enjoyed this. Please don't forget to like this video and share it with anyone who you think might benefit from this information. You can also go follow me on Instagram. I will link it right here and I will see you next week. Bye.